Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch Track Podcast presented by the Dune Grim Show and co-produced by Mr. I-B-E-S-T. I am the dude. And I am Grim. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, today, sit on your non-dominant hand till it goes numb because we are doing The Stranger by none other than Billy Joel and we are very pleased to have uh, on our show Mr. Nathaniel Ahart. Please check out his channel. Nathaniel A. Hart. It's dot com. Yeah. <laughs> Find a channel. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, Nathaniel. Hey, dude, Nathaniel and Channel, they just kind of like rattled through my brain it, in yeah, a weird it, way. I can't, it, I can't, I can't separate them. It's my, it, it kind of rolls yeah. off the tongue in a way if you really think about it. Yeah. No, but yeah. thank you guys so yeah. much for having me. You know, I'm such dude, a big we're fan glad of the to have show. You, man. Yeah, dude, it's going to be uh, some great conversations uh, and talking about what I think is one of the greatest albums of all time. I was going to say, I understand that this is one of your personal favorites. Yes, sir. Just outside of my top 10, actually. Outside, though? Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm kind of interested to hear how all this stuff lines up, so... I gotta have like yeah, four Beatles yeah. albums in the top ten, you know. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's that's kind of hard to ignore and yeah. very fair. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, now, definitely have that. Well, go dude, ahead, no, go. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, yeah, man, this is this is definitely one that has been on my list for a while, mm-hmm. and it, you know, I growing up, I had you know, or my dad had. Billy Joel's greatest hits and everything. So I was familiar with a lot of the tracks, but I wasn't really as familiar with, with this album as a whole. And then it was probably a couple of years ago that I, a friend of mine had it on vinyl and I was like, Oh, you know, cause I knew like one or two of this. I, I don't know. I looked at one or two of the songs and I, you know, she brought it over and we started playing. I was like, Oh my gosh, I know like all of these. And this is basically no, greatest like hits. pretty much everything that, that was on the greatest hits. So uh, it's, it's just exceptional, man. And and I've been I've been playing it a lot. Like this is probably one of the albums I've played the most over the past few months, even. You know, it's funny you say that because anytime we're gonna do an album, I mean part of our homework is uh not only to read up on it, but to listen to it. And this is one that I, I put the vinyl on as I was working this afternoon and just flipped it right back over and kept it going for another thing. rotation. Yeah. I mean it's it's man. Really, really phenomenal. And now, Nathaniel, you brought up the whole Beatles tie-in, but do you know Mm -hmm. kind of the Beatles tie-in revolving the production, revolving around, rather, the production of this album? Yeah, I believe I was reading that uh, originally Billy Joel enlisted George Martin to produce the album, and then eventually he landed on Phil Ramone after he saw it on uh, Paul Simon's albums. I was like, yeah, this might be yeah. good. I, I thought that was really interesting too. And uh one of the one of the bits about it that I found the most interesting is that um he had sort of been working with a group of musicians that kind of became his core band in the studio and then I believe subsequently live. Um but yeah, uh, George Martin insisted on just bringing in some hired guns, and and I think it was Billy Joel who was like, "No, I I appreciate it, but no thanks." And I I really respect that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was the right decision. Hard, at the hard end to of say the no day. to George Martin, right? <laughs> yeah, that is true. 
But obviously it but, paid I mean, off he, in dividends, so. Yeah, for sure. And, and the whole thing is, I, I just, you can you can replace a lot of things in a studio environment, but what you cannot replace is just the chemistry that people have. Yeah. And if they develop that chemistry, I, I just, I think it's it's almost sort of irresponsible of a producer to say, no, no, I think you should play the whole album with these people that not only did you not write the songs with, but you've also never met or played with them. Right. You know what I mean? It just doesn't add up. Yeah. It's good to have that sort of rapport. And just from reading about this album, it sounded like other members in the band were very, they were vocal about things. Hey, we should change this, Yeah. you know, or let's go a different direction. I want to do this style. Um, whereas if you're bringing in studio musicians, they're kind of just going to do what they're told to do, right? Yeah, they, they may not guns. give as maybe not give as much input in. Um, and I, I think it was just you know, I mean, obviously these songs turned out pretty great. So yeah, um, you know, one could I, say I, I, I couldn't imagine them being better, right? Yeah, I do like <laughs> no, it. Not at all. And, uh... No, no you go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I like how they kind of go through all this stuff and they talk about like, oh, and then 10 million units sold. And then it said Rolling Stone later named it one of the 500 greatest albums of all time. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. You could have said it was in the top 20. I mean, let's not get ourselves here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not in the top 20. Believe it or not. It's not even in the top 200 on this new list. And I'm like, that's absolutely ludicrous. This should be at least in the top 50, if not higher. Well, dude, you got to make room for at least two Kanye albums. So, I mean, you know, like. I mean, that is true. (laughs) Yeah. Grim's a huge Kanye fan. I'm I'm saying that very sarcastically, but I know a lot (laughs) of people like But I mean it. (laughs) (laughs) But Kanye, we'll save him for another discussion. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so Nathaniel, what was your kind of introduction to this album and to, to Billy Joel? And when did it, I guess, really strike a chord with you? And you're like, you realized it was as good as it was. Well, that's interesting you asked that question. Uh, because actually in middle school, like I used to play a bunch of shitty pop songs on my phone. I was like 12. What did I know? Um, but yeah. one thing I did always come around on was I had uh, my life. And the only the good die young, and I think Piano Man as well saved on on my iPod at the time, and I would be like, oh yeah, I love Billy Joel, like off of three songs or or whatever other yeah, songs right. I knew, like the Super longest fan. time or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was one yeah. of those things. Once I, I once I really started to uh, take a deep dive in, in, into artist discographies and stuff, where I was like, you know, everyone I know, like all my best friends, they love Billy Joel. They're huge Billy Joel fans. So I was like, I finally got to get around to him. So I started with the Cold Spring Harbor, which was okay, and then I just went all the way through. And um, usually, I know when a big album is coming up, I kind of like hype it up. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to this album," <laughs> and I knew most of the songs off it anyway. And believe it or not, I didn't know uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant in its entirety. But I just okay. sat down and listened to this thing, and like the second time I listened, I'm like, "Yeah, this is like one of the greatest albums ever made." And uh, it's just from top to bottom. I think I knew then that Billy Joel is like, because if we're talking about solo artists, right? For me, as as yeah, we s- speak yeah. right now, it's Stevie Wonder, Bob Dylan, Billy Joel. Now, Prince could move above that. But as of now, Billy Joel is uh, definitely number three. 
And and I just think he's yeah. I, I don't know if he's underrated because everyone knows who he is, but I feel like he isn't put on the same regard as some of those songwriters like Springsteen or or even Elton, who I actually I actually like Billy Joel uh, more than Elton John, uh, which wasn't to say that oh, wow. what okay. Elton and Bernie did. Yeah, well, obviously their their music's a bit more refined, but think about it. Like Billy Joel did this essentially all himself and he's created so I many great albums. Yeah. Yeah, and and I'd say even more than uh, Elton John. So you know, it's one of those things where he's so well known. I still Ooh. feel like he's slightly underrated, but he's definitely one of the on best. That one, but I respect that. Wh- on what? <laughs> on what though? <laughs> Dude, Elton John's run through the seventies. Uh, it's gr- no, I'm not saying real... it isn't great, but I don't. I don't know. I think Jill- Billy Joel's is better though. Just from front to back okay. albums. Well, yeah. Yeah. I okay. That that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um well anyways, back to this album. Yeah, yeah, yes. no, that's fair. Can't go wrong either um, way though. Yeah. Now, one thing I had read that I didn't realize is that apparently things were not going so incredibly well for Mr. Joel prior to the release of this album in like I guess he was about to get dropped from his label um, because he just he just hadn't put out a lot of great stuff. And then, you know, you get that one more shot and. Like Springsteen with more to run. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. That's happened to like that's happened to a ton of bands. That's like what happened to the Flaming Lips, like before they put out Soft Bulletin, like so many bands. It's like they get that kind of like, oh, well, you know, we, we had a big hit or we had that one hit. Right. And, you know, he had had Piano Man and he had like a little run and everything. But then it's like, man, you put out a couple of duds. And it's kind of like, well, we don't we don't really need you. Yeah. You know? and yeah, then, that's fair. You know, and then but I mean, he crushed it with this. Oh, um, I mean, you know, uh, killed the assignment. I mean, we'll get yeah. once we. You know, once we get into some of the tracks and everything, you know, I mean, dude, this ended up winning Grammys and like everything. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, to a bunch of singles and stuff. And, you know, if MD, if MTV had been around, I'm sure there would have been many music videos. But I, Yeah. And I would have been interested to see uh, what they would do with such a thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting how like. There's there's that one or, you know, maybe several, but in many cases, that one sort of defining album or like defining moment that completely changes the trajectory of somebody's career going forward. And and this was definitely yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy to think yeah. because I because you were saying something about uh, duds. I I mean, yeah, I will say I think the his. um third album or something is not the greatest but like piano man fantastic album besides the song and also turnstiles the one right before this is also really great record i mean it has you know new york state of mind on it oh that that is a good it's good it's a great album just from new york state State of mind Mind is on it oh not that not it's interesting one people here's the thing that came much later yeah from from what they said though the 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 problem with it was though is that album was just was not commercially successful and yeah, when you're a record label been. that's the bottom line you know sure sure well and i, but my I do point hate being, to say this you know, but looking at the track list of that album i mean 
New York State of Mind is the only hit. Now, that's not to diss on any of the other songs. They are probably phenomenal, but that is the only hit. Sure, sure. I know Say Goodbye to Hollywood is big. I'm not as huge on that one. Uh, it's good, but, like, yeah, I, I think New York State of Mind, uh, Far and Away, is the best song on that album. But, um, you know, it's interesting, too, not to get too off topic, but he still plays some of the deep cuts at concert. Uh, last year I saw him and he was playing like Summer Highland sweet. Falls and I was like freaking oh, out. That's I'm like, sweet. Oh yeah, this song. Yeah, man. It's and that song is beautiful. It's but pretty great. Uh, yeah. I've actually heard he out. puts on a very good live very show good to this day. Yeah. It's very good. Even though it's it's a bit conservative in, in how he presents the songs, but still it's like his he still sounds great, his band's great. And uh, you know, it's Billy Joel, so I mean how can you complain and about is, it, right? Is he still playing with like uh for uh lack of a better term, like the rhythm section that he developed on this album? No, no, because I oh. think Liberty DeVito de- left um at, because I think he kind of sacked him uh right around the, the period of glass houses. And then the bassist, I think oh. he killed himself or something uh later oh. in the nineties. So it's a bit of a tragic story. But uh yeah, him and uh yeah. Liberty DeVito weren't on uh really that good of terms i think they kind of come around uh, on each other recently and have been kind of becoming friends again but uh no i don't think it's the same uh touring crew that he had uh for the recording session oh interesting yeah yeah you know one thing i like elton john you know oh dude his core band of like d murray nigel olsen and um I am feel dumb right now, but uh, there's a couple more. But those guys <laughs> other, have been him with for too, thirty so. years. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I I found interesting is that with like the band he kind of developed and he recorded this album and a lot of subsequent stuff, it sounds like they never found a consistent guitarist. Yeah. 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 And point. it seems and- like it'd be easy to find because. When you listen to these songs, like not thinking that it's one specific person, I would say there's a lot of really good independent guitar work on these tracks. You know what I mean? Like they fit the songs. Yeah. They it's sure. got great tone. Like it's everything that you would look for in a guitarist. But it's just interesting to me that like none of them stuck. Yeah, yeah. It's like they just couldn't settle on settle on one of them. I mean, it'd be curious. I'd be curious, like, okay, who did they use when they played live? And why didn't they just use that person? Uh, well, yeah, you know? I, I don't know. And maybe after this was done and they toured with it, they, they may well have, but. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Well, well, the one thing that's kind of cool is, um, you know, if you look at the back of the album, they talked about, um, you know, this is them at the Supreme Macaroni Company restaurant. Which they said like this album was this album was recorded in in three weeks, what? and they said like kind of yeah. So during the recording of this, they would have what they called crazy lunches and dinners, and it's funny, man, because dude, I just feel like this album feels like so New York to me. Well, dude, yeah. you look at the back and like I these guys look like made men in the back, like uh, you know, like they're, <laughs> right. they're getting a yeah. cut, they're getting a cut of his money or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the whole well, thing. You're right, dude. It's it looks very, very little Italy. 
Well, 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 dude. The the dude in the Yankees thing is uh, Phil Ramon. Yeah, the producer. producer. Yeah, he's, he's 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 probably getting a cut. Yeah. Well, I yeah, so. but I mean, oh, in, most in the other guys in the picture are the guys in his band. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I'm just but saying. Anyways, the dude in the back has that look. You know what I mean? He's older than them. He, he kind of. You know, like he doesn't talk on the phone like the dude in Goodfellas. Like somebody talks on the phone for him. You know, Pauly. I mean? yeah, right. Pauly. Yeah. My proxy. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm I'm sure they had. It, it just seems like I don't know from everything I've read. It just it sounds like they had a good time, like recording this album and just kind of like I'm just like, man, just like hanging out in New York and recording and just having lunches and drinks and wine and good Italian ties, food and just like, you know, like really yeah, wide. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah and that so maybe that's where that um, line from uh still rock and roll me came from but which one the, you know I, I can't you tell that your tie is too wide oh yeah or yeah he's yeah. talking about yeah, himself yeah. yeah interesting fact. yeah I don't know. it could yeah. be could be that could thing be. yeah could that be. thing is like it could he could fit his arm in that thing at that point Dude, it's a big one <laughs> yeah so um, well, what do you say we uh, we get into these get into tracks, the tracks, my friend? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think before we do that, Nathaniel, we did want to give you a second just to, you know, tell people what your channel is about. We know you do some music stuff. You do some movie stuff. We know Grim have the, had the privilege of being a guest on on one of your and Johnny Radio's episodes. So mm-hmm. feel free to uh, feel free to use this chance to just plug your channel. Right. Subscribe. Any chance I get, I will take. Uh, but yeah, my channel basically, it started off as a, a movie review channel originally, but uh, I, I kind of took a hiatus. And then at once, you know, at once COVID rolled around and probably just the summer before COVID, I got so busy with my personal life. Uh, but, you know, after, you know, the theaters opened back up, I, I really wanted to commit more time to it. And also I was really, really into music by then. So I thought I should do something along those lines as well. And uh, I started doing countdowns and and uh, movie reviews and also album reviews now. So I'm just trying to run the gamut with everything. You know, I have top tens. I have video essays sometimes. So really anything related to uh, uh, music and, and, and film will be on there. But also I do, you know, maybe some gaming stuff. Maybe I'm going to do a, a review <laughs> of the new Pokemon Devil. game. That's to be determined. But, oh. uh, you know, it's just an idea I've been thinking about. I just don't know if I can get record all the footage. But regardless, yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, yeah, my channel's Nathaniel Ahart, uh, carries my namesake, and, uh, we got a lot of great stuff going on, we're doing the top 90 albums of the 90s, we might be seeing one of these guys, uh, in, in one of the final episodes, so, if you're interested, oh, stay tuned for Probably that, it's gonna be a hell of a time. to submit. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll talk, I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> Dude, my yeah. personal life, like, man. Alright, so let me ask you <laughs> this, you, you, you recently up? really got into music, right? Yeah. Yeah, like a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple years ago. What is your favorite? What is your favorite band that's active currently? That is a good. Well, just a quick side to say. Well, it's tough to say because it's like my favorite band that's active today. Only half of them are alive from the original. Well, then that doesn't count. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Pink Floyd doesn't count when, like, you know, they're not. Yeah, just think well, about this, it. You do can the chime Beast in at any moment. No, oh, pff, come on. Because no, Mike Love, yeah, close. yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, I would Love probably have to say then, 
I could I could go on a whole rant about him, but I'll save that for another time. Um, I would have to say then Radiohead, probably. Okay, All right. well, obvious okay, answer, yeah. but uh, we'll count you know. that. Yeah, yeah, we'll count that. Good answer. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, what do you say? We move into the tracks. Move into Let's the tracks. All right, track number one, side one, because it's you know came out on vinyl. So yeah, you know it. Uh, moving out. Anthony's song. Perenz Anthony's song. Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? Who's Anthony? <laughs> Who's Anthony? <laughs> we can call it Brian's song. Brian's song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Brian. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, dude, first of all, I, I I love the way, I mean, this album starts off. Like, it oh. it, it just hits you right in the face. It's, it's the type of album, man, that if you accidentally, like, have the the volume turned up like too oh, loud? Yeah, it'll you know? bust you right and, in the like, face. And like you turn it on, yeah. it's like it's like it's so it's so jarring. But man, dude, it it's just a great way. It just hits right off the bat, man. Um, and I I, I really like the way um he sings this song. He sings it with a with a little attitude, mm. uh, you know. And um, you know, I mean, Billy, you know, he's he sings a bunch of different ways. You know, you can sing soft and pleasant, but this he's you know you know he's He's that tack ack ack acking, oh, right? Like the, the way he's saying yeah, it. Dudes. Yeah. You ought to and know by now. Yeah. You ought to know by now. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, I have to ask you, like, okay, because, and I, I'm not moving on to the second song yet, but when The Stranger comes in, I feel like The Stranger, the song also hits pretty nice and hard, right? Very, it does. Yeah. Well, would you have considered starting it with the stranger because then you have the intro and the outro is that little intro. piano? Oh, tell me why, Nathaniel. Tell me why. Just because it's like, how do you get a more iconic opening than moving out? I mean, that's just literally one of his most iconic songs. I think to bring you into the album like that is just yeah. such, I, such hey, an incredible uh, introduction. You know, I'm not. I get what you mean, though. Point, I, I totally. But I'm get just it. saying the the bookend theory. Right, the, the book theory, theory right. of these of this, but but I see your point because you know, in in the other the other thing you have working for you is, well, that's the way that we've always known it. So why would you challenge it to right. be any different? Because it's obviously worked, which I also respect. But it's a it's mm-hmm. a thought, it's a thought. The book and so, theory. Let, sure. Uh, let me say this: if you were gonna do that, if you're gonna bookend it like that. I don't think you can bring it back at the end of the stranger. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Dude. 100%. The end of the song at the end of the song. Yeah. The stranger. Oh, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it has back. to go right into Anthony's song. Begin, begin the album and end the album with it. Yes. But they didn't do that. They, they didn't do I know. That, so I know it's just, um, it's an interesting thought. And I, I certainly don't listen to it and think to myself, gosh, I wish they would have done this differently, but sure. No. I may have had the thought. Well, well, I, I think before doing moving out, you know, and and I'm sure you read about this, but you know, he it, it was said that he like unknowingly wrote the song lyrics to the tune of uh, what, "Laughter in the Rain" by Neil Sedaka, uh, and and huh. then Liberty DeVito pointed it out, and and but here's the thing though, Billy Joel, he was like, the words are too good. So he didn't want to waste the words, so he just like came up with a new melody and everything to fit the lyrics. Like That's I feel like that'd nuts. be so hard to do personally, right? Because how do you unmarry that? I I, I agree with you, especially in your head as a songwriter. But I will say, I would love to hear what that was. 
That would be very interesting. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, also, you know the story um, about like Phil, like the way that Liberty DeVito is playing the drum break, right? On this song. Mm. So originally, yeah, because originally he was like playing it straight, and 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 Phil Ramone was like, "No, like you can't do that." And he's like, "Play it on like the, the break beat," and then he switched up the rhythm because he was insistent that this is the way the song goes. And then when you switched it, and he you know he laid down that drum groove that everybody knows to this day. He's like. Yeah, that was probably the best decision. Oh wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Now that I that did not stick with me if I read it, that's really cool. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think he said it himself yeah. in an interview. He was talking about uh, playing. Well, that there's there's a very there's another song that has sort of a very interesting uh, change of rhythm that we'll get to too, and it was also. Um, I don't remember. I think Liberty DeVito had something to do with it, but again, uh, the the producer had a big hand in it too, and it uh, made the song what it was. So when we get there, I'll bring it up. But all right, all right. Track number two, which we kind of covered a little bit, but my the hand stranger. is numb. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And man, I just it it was cool reading about like sort of the whistling. And did you guys read about that too? No. And how? Yeah. How, how Billy Joel. So so here's the thing. Billy Joel basically said to to Phil Ramone, like he, he kind of whistled, the, you know, the opening thing or whatever, where he's actually whistling. And he was like, yeah, I, I want some kind of a I want an instrument to to do this. And Phil Ramone was like, no, man, like, no, just whistle, it. just whistle, just whistle it. Because like <laughs> this, so no, that sounds that's perfect. And he was like, oh, OK. And so he did. And. I mean, I just do. I couldn't imagine so not having that no. in there because that it gives it such like a human authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. A human element to mm-hmm. it for sure, man. Which is interesting um, considering it's a doesn't. song. No, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say not that the playing doesn't, but that's all. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think it's interesting, you know, saying about the, the human element, because considering it's a song about kind of like the facade we put on to the world uh bringing in something so kind of like genuine and you know what i mean yeah Uh, but i mean what a brilliant song really such a great uh deep bill joke especially the but we all fall in love and we disregard the danger you know it like immediately gets stuck in your head uh so so catchy and i mean just brilliant lyricism like throughout the entire song but throughout the whole album obviously too yeah. Well, and, yeah, and it, it kind of goes even into the cover art because he's sitting there on a bed just looking at a mask on a pillow next to him. Mm, is, right. It's like it's know, like it's like eyes wide shut. There shows. are some we never oh. tell. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know yeah. about that, well, but uh I I didn't know if there was like a crazy <laughs> yeah. secret sex cult involved in the, in the <laughs> photography, but you know. <laughs> yeah. You didn't something. see the Nexium reference on the back? Oh, yeah right. Um, oh, it's funny, Fanny, that that you use those words though, because those are the like the lyrics that I had had written written down. Oh. Um and in in another set too are you know, and then I came home to a woman I, I could not recognize. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, when I pressed her for a reason, she refused to answer. You know, and uh, it was then I felt the stranger. Like, see, dude, and that's that's, that's right what I'm saying. Some, I think it's a dark dark stuff i think when he Uh, says and then i met the stranger 
That is the specific line that they reference when you look up the stranger on Urban Dictionary. I'm pretty sure, like, that's the line. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That shows you how good Billy Joel is. I mean, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Yeah. It's like he predicted it. Just don't look it up on your work phone. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, track number three. Yes. Just the Way You Are, which... I was surprised to see this is the album's lead single, to be honest with you. Wow. It's not what I would have chosen to be the lead single for the album. Coming yeah. off of an album that maybe wasn't as commercially Correct. successful. I agree. What about you, Nathaniel? What do you think? Do you think, would you have led with this? Um, or It's a great I, song. I would, That's just my... Sure. No, I, I would think uh, Moving Out or um, perhaps Only the Good Die Young would be the most immediate hit off this album. But I mean... Yep. I, I can't argue with this, and I just have to mention everyone, like, this is not the first song that comes up when you look up just the way you are on streaming platforms, even though I gotta, gotta love some Bruno oh, really? Mars, but uh, he has nothing on this. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, this, but, I mean, this yeah. is obviously, you know, far and away, I mean, just such a beautiful, with the, the synthesizers that come in in the beginning, and then just him going, don't go changing. Oh, those God aren't synthesizers, son. I was going to talk about they that, aren't? cousin. Okay, no. educate me. That is a Rhodes electric piano. And uh, there was a very specific piece of hardware that you could buy in the 70s and put into a Rhodes. And it was sort of like a a very deep phaser. And it was called Dino. D-Y-N-O. And dude, that is, I would say, probably the most characteristic sound of a Rhodes with the dyno module in it that there's ever been. I mean, it it just, it gives it sort of that, yeah, it's it's not a synth, it's a Rhodes, my man. But I guess I just got I schooled today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a nerd about that. I mean, I showed you the base. It's very oh, particular. Cool. Yeah, I have a Rhodes in the basement. Now, it doesn't have dyno, which I don't want because I'm not necessarily a fan of that dyno sound. But that, like, dude, Steely Dan, like, listen to some of the some of the, the, the acts that kind of fall into sort of this general category, and you will hear that sound. Yeah, I could see um, exactly what you mean. Yeah, especially with Steely Dan. Um, yeah, for no, sure. but I mean, this song though, it's just it's just so plaintive. It's so beautiful. Just talking about this this love, you know. I, I mean, he says, "Don't change the color of your hair." Not saying that he is going to prevent his love from changing the color of her hair, but the point <laughs> being just how beautiful. Like he sees this person for exactly what they are, and he wouldn't want to change it for. A second. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but the way he he poetically puts it on wax is just incredible. And I think one of the standout ballads uh, from an album full of you know great ballads. Yeah, sure. agreed, agreed. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting that he he said the the melody of the song actually came to him in a dream. Oh wow! When he was w- w- working on the album. And he actually forgot it, but then he was in a business meeting and it just randomly like popped into his head. That's so interesting. Like, well, that's, wow. That's, that's, that, is, that is pretty interesting. It's a good pull. So, um, but, but he even said that he, uh, because it was uh, such a ballad, he thought about keeping it off off the album. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't want it. And then Phil Ramone wow. played it for Linda Ronstadt and um, uh, Phoebe Snow. Um, 
to prove um, basically like, yeah, you like you should put this on there. And they were like, yes, you should definitely put this on there. And so uh, but I guess later Phil Ramone said he was like, yeah, actually, we didn't have much of a choice because he didn't have a whole lot of other songs. <laughs> and we, we needed to we needed to fill the album up. So but still, you know, stories I mean, change. Yeah, stories change. I mean, this, the years. Yeah, I, not to spoil what my choice is going to be, but I certainly would not scratch this track. No, me sure. neither. Me neither. Always yeah, been no, one of my no, favorites. I, I agree. Um, then we finish Dude. up side one. Oh, with the epic from an Italian Oof. restaurant. Which Three different. I would have figured. Yeah. Put together. Yeah, I figured this would have been one of the singles, and this was not even a single of all seven and a half. I get it though, Three. just because of the length. I mean, especially at yeah. that time. I don't. You know, it was like, yeah, was oh, if it's thing. not two minutes, well, then you're out. Yeah, but you're right. Three songs, man. Just putting them into one. It's like his paranoid Android. Yeah, right? well, yeah, they compared uh, yeah. it to um, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, something else. Said that side two like of Andy Rose, basically. Or... Oh, yeah. What, it, what, what, inspired, right. what inspired him. Yeah. How it, just everything meshes together. So Now, it's um, funny because I remember being a kid and hearing this song, and um, people from New York have this uh, bit with their accent where they add R's where there are not R's. Have you ever spoke to an architect from New York and heard them reference a drawing? Because that's how they say it. And so uh, when he says Brenda and Eddie, it sounds like Brenda Renetti. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and when okay, I was a yeah, kid, yeah, yeah. I, I always thought about. that this person was named Brenda Renetti. And Brenda then, Renetti. And then as I listened to it when I was older, once I heard about this disgusting um, R that's added <laughs> in with this accent to things that where it doesn't belong, just I realized that there were fans, two people. <laughs> I'm still Interesting, here. man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, man. I mean, now that you say it, it makes sense, but... Yet again, I mean, does. does this? I I have to say, and I, I wonder if you guys dude. will agree with me. Oh. I I think that this is like his magnum opus. I think that this oh, is one of the greatest songs agree. ever written. Absolutely, like top ten no songs question. of all time. Uh, this is unquestionably the best song on the album. And as you said, just the the <laughs> I I would put it up there. But the thing is, it's like the way he segments these three songs and just how it starts off it's as this beautiful really, dinner. Really well done. Perhaps a bottle yeah. of rosé instead. Dude. I love that. That's my. That's uh, actually yeah. my favorite part about it. Because it's hilarious, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. you know maybe it's a hot summer day and you want a chilled bottle of rosé. Like I get it. It's, it's kind of funny. Dude, I I I feel like this whole album is just so honest and sort of humanizing. Yeah. And, you know, it's 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 it yeah. to me it just feels like a complete painting like you of, can like, picture yeah like you can and, picture yeah. it yeah yeah and, and just like I mean, picture it, these two ex-lovers like catching up and like re you know rekindling you know over the old days and talking about everyone they knew and it's like the fact that it like breaks off into like this opus when it's really just these two people sitting down essentially having a conversation uh well, I, I and think the question is in the in the, the beginning part, are they ex lovers or are or is that just like where they are at that point? You see that that's really that's an interesting bit of the question right there too. I I don't know. I think it's implied that they that they are maybe like high school sweethearts or something, and they kind and of they're split catching off. up. Yeah, whoever yeah. knew you could look so yeah. nice Ooh. after so much time. 
Yeah. Okay. That's I like fair. that. Yeah. I. I. Man. That. I like that. That's. That's how I, I always pictured it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just listen to the song, cool. but. Yeah, and just the accordions on here, it really does feel oh, like I know. very I know. I know. Really, Italian restaurant, dude. really oh, paints so the picture, good. man. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's the kind of thing where you should be, like, yeah. feeding grapes to somebody, you know, like, in their mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very classy, very yeah. bougie. Yeah, oh, very. absolutely. Like, yeah, make a man. painting after that shit, and then we'll flip the record and go to Vienna. Yes. Flipping it, go to Vienna. Yes, indeed. Um, really, a uh, great way to start side two. Very different than starting side one. So I like the contrast there. Um, it's interesting that it was like inspired by a trip that he took to Vienna to see his see his father, mm-hmm. and and basically it's the different outlooks sort of that Austrians had compared to you know the American rat race and stuff, right and you know, America trying to pack everything in. Like, I don't know if you saw the story, but yeah. he saw like an old, an old woman like sweeping in the street or something. And he was just like, you know, he pitied her for what she was doing. And he was like, no, like she feels self-worth doing that. And, you know, she's not sitting at home, like wasting away. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. Cause as I read that story, all I could think about was people that own these little shops in New York Right. These these little just little shit shops in New York along a street. And dude, whatever squares are theirs on the sidewalk, the ones who take care of them will keep those things clean and pristine. Pristine. And I'm kind of like, how do you not Hmm. see the parallel there? Like, that's her little slice. Hmm. You know, that's the thing that's hers. I think. Yeah, I think she may just have been doing it for. She was oh, doing it a for, greater, a greater, you know, everyone. Yeah, okay. not like, not like, hey, these are my squares. Okay, I'm gonna no, take that's care fair. of them. That's I'm fair. gonna do yours and yours and your, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, but but it's for, it, for it's sure. interesting to look at it that way because just I I think it's such a, a a personalized song. I I think maybe and I think this song really says a lot too. Like especially considering where Billy Joel was in his career, you know, especially that line, you know, dream on but don't imagine they'll all come true. Come true, and, you know, That's like you're so ambitious line. for a juvenile. Yep. Like, yeah, because I feel like he's in some sense like talking to himself too. Because think about it, as we were saying, like. His albums before this didn't take off, and this was really, like, his commercial breakthrough. So it was really him just speaking, you know, like, why don't you realize Vienna waits for you? You know, like, he could maybe still to take the world, but, you know, just self. take things one step at a time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. That's just kind of what I was thinking, because I was listening right before this, and I'm like, man, this is sounds like a really personal song to him. Now, one thing, dude, to your comment that I think is is worth noting is you talked about how things were different with the rat race over here versus this this woman just cleaning up a, a sidewalk or something that's not yeah. hers. Yeah. But, you know, one thing is everything here is me. And for the most part in Europe, with resources being as scarce as they are, there is very much a collectivist attitude and and way of life that people don't understand here because it's like yeah the the whole thing is i don't give a shit about the other guy i care about me and and that's not necessarily the right way to be but it's a very survival of the fittest yeah it's a very distinct difference in between how these how like two cultures that are seemingly very alike operate 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I mean, yeah. And you've, I mean, you've spent time in Austria. Yeah, and dude. Did you notice even, even in, I mean, I know this was like in the seventies, but even like dude, in you well, should modern see times, the way just, they handle their recycling. Oh my God, yeah. dude. They actually, <laughs> they just, they don't even collect like the beer bottles. Right. And then just melt them all back down and make new bottles. They will collect the bottles and just sterilize them, scrub the labels off, and then send them to a factory and relabel them. Like, you'll get a bottle of beer that's a new sealed bottle of beer, and you can tell that bottle's like five years old and has been used yeah. X amount of times, which we do not that's, do that's that great. here. It is. It's it great. really is. But wow. we do not do yeah. that here. We, most of the no. recycling, we mo- mostly the stuff we recycle just ends up in the landfill. Yeah, we just yeah, we just put true. it in the other that's bin true. and you know cross your fingers, and then the garbage trucks just yeah. like looking around to make sure no one's looking. They're like, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh shit! All right, track number two, guys, on side two. Only the good die young. Man, I learned some stuff Ooh, about baby. this track, and yeah, all the um, some Catholic Church. And, that's uh, did, what I didn't love it. That's what I love. Yeah, they didn't about like that. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I never, I, this is going to sound crazy because I don't know. It's just like one of those songs. Like, I don't, I don't think about things with that filter and those terms really. But once you listen to it, that, once I really, really listened oh, to yeah. it again and I like, I knew this, I was like, yeah, I can see them being a little pissed and being like, yeah, yeah, we don't, we're, we're not for this song. Well, it's uh, funny. Did you guys, did you guys like always kind of assume that or I, I don't know? I didn't think about no, it. No, I always, I mean, it's, yeah. Did you grow up Catholic, Nathaniel? No, no. But we did. Uh, yeah, I, we did. So it's it's interesting to us because you look back at it now and I'm like, oh, yeah, the Catholic Church, the, you know, the organization that basically, like, protects child molesters. They should really be the ones who are pissed here. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> Give me a break. Justifiably angry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's so because obviously in the lyrics, you know, I, I he's so blatant about it. You know, Catholic girls start much too late or sooner or later it'll come around to fate. I might as yeah, well. Yeah, I like that one. one. Only the yeah. good die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, and maybe he has a point about only the good dying young because, I mean, Chuck Berry lived to be 90 years old and Jerry Lee Lewis was like 87. So. You know, Real what does that piece tell you? of shit, personally. There, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I do. I like that, dude. Your mom said all that I could give you was a reputation. That is a fantastic line, mm. dude. The sinners are much more fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude. Yeah. Only the good die young. Dude, so oh, good. It's it's just good, man. It's a good one. He the horns the too. Yeah, he does. Now. Now. Is this Go the Graham. one? Yeah, I, I believe this is the one that he originally wrote to be a lot slower. And I guess he used to sing it in more of like a reggae-ish style. And he would sing yeah. it with a Jamaican accent. And one of the guys in the band called him on it. And Liberty. we're like, yeah, we're like, why Why do you sing this? He's like, the closest you've ever been is like Jamaica, Queens or whatever. And, uh, and so... <laughs> So then they that 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 was when it was like the idea was brought in to speed it up and you know it wasn't it wasn't like his initial idea but man it it made the song right yeah yeah totally and 
As I was saying, yeah. like the horns that come in on the I mean, I can't imagine the song without it. Or that that instrumental, no. that sax breakdown uh, in the middle. Yeah, I mean, it's so iconic. And I think justifiably one of the biggest hits on this album because it's just, I mean, yeah. that's the thing about this album. Hooks, 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 hooks. I mean, there's so many of them. Yeah. Just endless. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're definitely Dude, it's are. like a fishing tournament. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, now she's always a woman to me. I, Dude. I I actually I think if you're gonna rank the two ballads, <coughs> bless you. Even though it's not, I don't know what you say when people cough. I'm going with bless you on this. Um, yeah. If you're gonna look at the two kind of ballads on the album, just the way you are, and she's always a woman to me. I, it's really tough, but to me, she she's always a woman to me is like. Even better in terms of uh, what the lyrics say and how they say it, because yeah. I think anyone would find the most poignant one to be like, she'll never get it, give in. She just changes her mind like that. She just changes her fucking mind. Fucking great, mm. yeah. There's there's so many lines so in this song that that you're like, like who? As I, I guess I would say, as as a man, you know, like I'm like, oh my gosh, I can relate to feeling that yeah before uh-huh. right like if you've had any sort of like heartache or anything you're just like oh my god like the, it's some just phenomenal just i don't know, I almost call it poetry yeah just, oh it just really is someone, it, it all is. the lines it is speak and the piano yeah. playing is really well done and beautiful i mean it's it's excellent oh as always with with Billy Joel, you know, and and that's the thing, like just the way he creates these juxtapositions, like she hides like a child, but she's always a woman to me, you know, kind of contrasting that immaturity and and that kind of you know development, mm-hmm. but also like I love the line, you know, the most she'll do is throw shadows at you, but she's always dude, a woman. That's what like, I had oh written. My yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so good. good. That's kind of dude. That's mm-hmm. like kicking scary, you in the man. dark. I'm and, like ooh, ooh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I agree. We'll just. Tear your heart out. Hold in front of you so you can see how black yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, she's casually kind and then she's suddenly cruel. You know. So the the interesting yeah, thing though, when I was <laughs> when I was when I was when I was looking um, kind of about this song, like it said that it's actually a commentary on wo- uh, women in business being persecuted and insulted. Yeah. Um, which which is interesting because I it. It's that sort of aspect sort of takes the, I guess, the romance out of it. Yeah, I, I guess a little I bit. But what, I always took it as that. I always you know? took it as that, too. But I do see see your point, dude. But I also see the point of how he wrote it, because it's like this is still the days where like people just like grab waitresses ass and call them toots. Like, yeah, you know, there, there just wasn't a lot of respect there. And I, and I think this this song I I know but this is this yeah. is coming from a different position and in written sort of with respect and and like a little bit of right. uh, awe or reverence as opposed to just like um uh piece of meat like you know you take this against like any probably Ted Nugent song that's ever been written and it's just completely <laughs> different mindset of how you're approaching this you know yeah yeah, I agree, man. I agree. Um, well, you guys, I say we go ahead and get it right the first time. Track number. Well, four. dude, yeah, because you get it right the next always. time. That's not the same thing. 
It's not. <laughs> it's like the dude. It, it's like the say. Uh, whatever the saying. You you only have one chance to make a first impression. Yeah, yeah. Right? And this like, is it. Like that's it. Yeah, that's it. So, um, <clears throat> this but yeah, one I mean, sort of has some similar feels to me, and uh, I don't mean feels like getting the feels, but feels in the way that Even some the song, of the instrumentation yeah. is done and sort of the setup of the song as uh, the faster part of scenes from an Italian restaurant. Okay. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, just I, with I, the I, horns I, and just sort of mm-hmm. sort of some of the groove. Like dude, not so much the content or anything, but just the groove. Dude, this song when I first started hurt when I first heard it, it really reminded me of something um that Paul Simon would have put on Graceland. Oh wow, interesting. Mm. Yeah. But just oh, with more African inspired guitars. Yeah, yeah, but the the like the flute that's in there. Oh um, yeah, okay, and, so good. And and there's this. I don't know what the, like sort of the driving sound is like in the beginning. Like I don't I don't think it's just like the bass, but there's there's this sound that really just it reminds me of something like that would have been on Graceland. I just like right when I heard that, it was interesting, man. Yeah, no, in in yeah. this song too, like I obviously the flute is amazing. I think adds another element. But I mean, it's just as a guy, it's something anybody can relate to, you know. And I obviously, you know, get it right the first time, which uh, fortunately I did. Uh, but it is one of those things where it's just <laughs> kind of like, well, dude, let me we'll, tell we'll you, there's happens, still but, plenty uh, of chances to fuck it up. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> no, but it's one of those, just, dude, just the la, 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 yeah. la, la, you know, like it gets stuck in your head. Uh, and and I, I don't think it's the best song on this album by a long shot, but it's so catchy. It's so much fun. As I said, it's relatable. Um, and I think it gets a lot of points just for that. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. Yeah, that part, the la 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 la. Yeah, that probably wouldn't la, be long la, on Grace, la, la, Graceland, but yeah, that yeah, would be, definitely yeah. a very Billy Joel thing. But it's just the, oh, mel- yeah. the way that melody is, flows out it? of him. It's so yeah, funny because when you hear that in the song, you're like, "This works. This makes sense." But if you saw it on a lyric sheet, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Be like, the la 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 lo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. La, 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 la. So everyone has a dream. Uh, yeah, I suppose they do. They do. Everyone has a dream. Which um, just don't dude, just another don't song think ins- that they're all going to come true. No, they're not. Yeah, which is yeah. Um, you know, another song inspired by his wife at the time. So we got we got at least three songs inspired by his uh, wife. Again, I say at the time. Well, yeah, so. because when he when he got to doing um. Oh hell! What's '80s Joel? Uh, the the doo-wop album. We didn't. Start. I mean, oh, no, oh, I'm an innocent, an innocent man. man. Innocent man. Longest time. It was all about Christy Brinkley, dude. That that album, uh, Innocent yeah. Man, was all about Christy Brinkley. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, this one's interesting because it's it it does have I mean that gospel feel. Yeah. Right? That I mean say, the way he yeah. the way he sings it. The background vocals and everything. I mean, it's just it 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 has that. Um, and you know, and then you know, we talked a little bit in the beginning about starting the album with the stranger, but you know, you'd have the sort of the intro with the whistling. Yeah, and yeah. This has this has two minutes. It's it's like almost two minutes of the outro. Yeah, it's not just a short little thing. Like man, it's and it's, it's an good. extended section. I was kind of yeah, yeah yeah. I, I it 
it is a nice little touch. I, 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 I do I like that. Agree. That's to me. Those are the sort of little things that like make an album yeah. is like a reprise. That's right. Like uh, you yeah. know, breathe reprise in uh, Dark Side. It's it's like the it's Shining it's like the, the rug and the big Lebowski. Yeah, it is. It it's really like ties the room together. <laughs> Really, does really the room together. <laughs> yep. Dude, reference. Now, before we no, do fair. the scratches, have you seen that they are coming out with um uh an uh, like an updated pressing of the stranger? Are you serious? Yeah, with an alternate no. cover. I believe it. Yeah, and in Bullshit. the alternate cover, he's actually no, sitting on his left hand. <laughs> oh. Oh, I had to. If you haven't looked it up, please do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> what can I say? If you've made it this yeah. long, I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and assume you'll appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, this is the uh, the point in the show. Where, I suppose um, it is. One, you know, we, we talk about our, our favorite songs, and I think, Ooh, you know, we've all said, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we, we like a ton of these, but Nathaniel, what is your favorite song on this album? Well, I think I already said it uh, earlier, but it scenes from an Italian restaurant. I, I <laughs> right. think unquestionably I I his best. So, I mean, it's hard to argue against anything else. As great as all these songs are, I mean, nothing really even comes close, I don't think. All in agreement, say I, I. yeah here's the thing i think it's the best song but it's not the one i like to listen to the most what's that one dude that's yeah i mean to be honest i think those two it'd be between uh moving out and the stranger i just yeah dude i just like the vibe and the energy that those bring like i do like what the the scenes from it does yeah the scenes from italian restaurant i think to me fits more of a mood um and uh it's you know i i think it's a phenomenal song but i just i love the energy of those two those two songs so okay that's fair um so yeah but i do think overall scenes from italian restaurant the best song on the album yeah objectively speaking yeah. for yeah. sure objective of course um and now we are going to give nathaniel oh you you got to be on the team mm. man. yeah getting to scratch wow. i don't know what we're we going to scratch with Scratch with. I feel so uh, what you stranger, uh, yeah. Um, probably like a shiv or whatever they would use to kill somebody in the bathroom of that little Italian restaurant that they're <laughs> in. Probably, yeah. Scratch that. Scratch yes, that. Let's so. do it. All right, so, Nathaniel. What are you going to scratch, my friend? All right. Well, with the shiv, uh, this is pretty easy for me. Uh, it's everybody's got a dream. It's the only song on the album I don't fully love, but I'll tell you what, if it weren't for that Stranger outro, this would probably be a little bit lower on my all-time list. Definitely still top 50 album, but I think, as we said, really ties the whole room together yeah. uh, at the end of the day. I just I just think it's kind of slow, I and especially to end with that song. I, it's not that it's bad or anything. It's obviously a good song, but compared to everything else, I just don't think it's great, you know? Yeah, um, we're gonna go ahead and uh, we we're gonna go into overtime. We might go into oh, we're going into overtime, well. I don't even know yeah. what it's called when all three of us because I would <laughs> yeah I I could have just this. quoted you on that. That's exactly where I'm at. All right, so just such the obvious such the obvious choice, and and like yeah. you said, not a bad song. No, not does, at all. to me just does not fit the album. Just doesn't fit the album. No, no. I don't even and know if, if I'd go if that far. Off, I'm just like, like, I could do without it if I had to. If I had yeah. to. 
Yeah. If you have. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But it was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So So this is the official whistle. Um, Oh, that's what I would have done too. So then that's a three-way overtime. So uh, if you got to do. Oh, shoot. Yeah. We got to pick one. Oh, you You got to pick pick one one more. We go into OT. All right. I should have thought about that. I, I hate to do this, but I probably will scratch a get it right the first time. God. As much as I praised it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> wow, this is really going to go on to Unsolved Mysteries with Robert so, Stack because, so, I mean, I would do the same thing. So, I, 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 yeah, I would, to be honest, for me, it would be between that or Vienna. Oh, oh, Vienna! What? what the Crazy! Fuck? Oh, I feel Crazy. that in my stomach, like you just kicked me in the nuts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Wow, really, Vienna? Oof. Oof. Yeah. Wow. I mean, That's I like wild. it. No, I think it's great. Uh, I, but no, yeah. dude, you know we what? Got nine. We got freaking nine songs to choose yeah, from, I know. and like eight of them are awesome. Uh, just, like, just, what do you do? Yeah, it's fine. Do what you want, or you can just get old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna get old. Oh gonna get man, old. okay. Oh. Well, I'm I'm well, going with Nathaniel on that one. It's uh to me it's right. get it right the first time. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> la la la. Okay, la, la. well, we I think are officially scratched on Billy Joel's The Stranger. Oh yeah. Um this was a lot of fun. We should definitely oh, do it yeah. again. We would love to, you know, want to thank you, Nathaniel, for thank taking you for the time. Us. All the time to try to get My our crazy pleasure. setup to to work. <laughs> All this not, it's not easy. We st- we struggle with it uh, a lot of times too. So yeah, even when um, it's just hey, as long as the audio comes out, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. This, you know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll Whatever you try. send me, I can make. You could send me a cassette tape at this point, and we could figure it out. <laughs> Although I okay, we, we can convert it from analog to a quarter-inch two-track reel-to-reel because I have that machine. But either way, <laughs> ah, it will yeah. it will do. So. It will do. Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, go ahead check out Nathaniel's um, uh, YouTube channel, and um, you know definitely give us a like, like and subscribe, and comment below. Subscribe to his comment channel below. And yeah. Check out. Check out their 90s series, Top 90 of the 90s, coming out. And uh, yours truly might even be on one of the episodes coming up. Who's, who's I to can't say? wait. I don't know. Yes, sir. Ooh, I don't know. And, and thank either. you guys so much for yeah. having me on. I mean, this is such a blast. I knew it would be. And uh, just glad I get to talk yeah. about what I think is probably the greatest singer-songwriter album after Intervisions by Stevie Wonder. So I, I hold this in very high regard. That's... That's... Uh, yeah, that's that's, pretty, that's a very respectable right opinion. I mean, it it definitely yes, leaves out uh, "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," but um, <laughs> it's up there. I'm just up kidding. There. I'm just kidding. It's right Such there, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just number three. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, we gotta go. All right, everyone, we gotta go. Right. It's time to go. Doing great show. Scratch a track is produced by the Dude Grim. Additional music provided by Moore, that's dot 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 M O R E, and the Tims, T I M N Z. Copyright 2022, The Dude and Grim Show.